When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Creep Time After Dark. This is a Creep Time original podcast. So make sure to go listen to Creep Time, the podcast, right after the show. It's ready. I'm, alive. I'm like, uh, we might as well go till the morning at this rate. Honest <laughs> to God. Keep recording. You know, Creepers I rarely t- have coffee this late. I, I, I was going to say, but Creepers, for anyone who doesn't know, like sometimes Stu and I, we just power through a lot of recordings at once. So if you listen to them back to back and you can see us progressively falling down the rabbit hole of our own psyches, <laughs> just know that that's the reason why. It's not like a week to week thing. It's a, a minute by minute thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's also a three hours ahead of time from you thing, and Maybe. I'm having coffee, and it's 10.30 at night. I'm going to send you something that's going to make it so much better. A little no. a little spa retreat something. To like. Baby. <laughs> well, I could put a little wine in my name um, glass. Oh, my God. That is anything but of what we need right now. <laughs> I know. Then it'll be Ooh. fully unhinged. Maybe oh, we should start this one off like on a on a really like quick note and just go straight for the yeah. word. Okay, here no we exposition. Go. The anticipation. Four oh four not found. Up what? <laughs> That's. Oh, I thought I thought damn. that was the topic. I was like, okay, so lost pages of the internet. Whew, we are you are really oh, testing God. me with these like niche oh, topics. God. Here we go. Uh-huh. What? What is Come it? On. Oh no! It's the damn. Uh, is it loading? It's this like McAfee thing? No, it like hates this website that lets me generate the words. Oh. Okay. Done. Tor. This is the last. <laughs> this is the one you chose. This is the one I chose. I just made myself sick. Tor. Tor. Where? You know what? Let's just not even belabor it. Let's get straight into it. Where does it all start? Did we audition the same day for tour? Were we in the same building at the same time? Were you at Ripley? I don't remember. I think so. Or Pearl. Ripley or Pearl. I was at Ripley, I remember. Because how can you forget Ripley? Did you do callbacks same day? Like read sides the same day? I think I did read them the same day. I did too. Twice. I had to do it twice for them. Once for Aaron and I think it was Betsy. I think she was in the room with me. <laughs> that's I'm where like, the sun's. <laughs> that's the whole episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> 
yeah, <laughs> God. Um, yeah, and then I had to do it on tape, so they had to re-record it. Isn't that the same thing they did for you? No, Wait, no I actually, they I remember... you and Jordan through hell, right? You guys went through I'm... way worse than we did. In what way? I, I feel like they made you read a lot more. Like you were more, you were more heavily scrutinized in the audition process than I. I felt like I was. Yeah, I just remember you telling me that you. I definitely didn't have to put myself on tape. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember I definitely didn't have to put myself on tape. Um, I remember you telling me that, and I was like, God, their audition process is really all over the place. No, it was in the, it was tape in the room, though. Like, literally, they were like, can you just do the whole sequence again, including your original monologues and all of the sides, which was like five different sides. I had to cold read. Yeah. I had to do it twice. I, that's so yeah there there it was a very unusual audition process um i mean i'm already laughing because i'm thinking about what comes after when we actually meet i know i was just saying obviously (laughs) unusual as hell because (laughs) then i come into the damn first table read and you think i'm the stage manager (laughs) can i can i paint the picture i know i've done it a thousand times but let me paint the picture for you i first met jordan in the so for to fill in the creepers, so we were booked for the tour. We all got cast, but we didn't know who each other was. But our first instruction, because we had rehearsals in Boston for a couple of weeks, we had to go meet at their headquarters, which was in Boston. And I think, and we would meet there and we were told we were going to have another reading or like, yeah, we were going to do like a second audition process at the the office. I first met Jordan, who was one of the actors on tour in the elevator. She wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> Which I thought, like, she, so do you funny. remember this? Like, she was in there and she, like, didn't say hi to me or anything. But I could tell, I can tell when someone's an actor. Like, I can spot yeah. it. I can spot it. And I was like, hi. And she was like, hi. Like, very shy. And I was like, I, I'm I'm in the cast. Are you in the cast by chance, too? And she's like, I am. Yeah, like, I was getting, like, one word blips out of her. So then finally we walk in. I don't know what to expect. You were already there in the room you had already been guided in but somebody told me like how the day was going to go and they're like so you're going to like connect with the stage manager and then we're going to have a reading basically because we haven't quite decided who's going to go into which track (laughs) so i had the pretense of walking in thinking oh i'm going in to greet the stage manager i walk up to your ass put out my hand and i go hi it's so nice to meet you i'm excited so you're the you're the stage manager the blood that left your face (laughs) the life that flashed before your eyes because I think I'd momentarily convinced you that you'd been got, you got got. Well, I got got, but do you, do you know why I actually believed you? But it's because I thought the audition process was so weird. I thought that it was so kind of like haphazard. I remember the, oh God, if they, we can't say the name of the theater company because I want them to do well and prosper. Um, But I just remember like Some, listen, the, somebody's going to put two and two together, baby. Know, when we say we went to rehearsals in I Boston, know. and you know what? I will not bite the hand that fed me because it led me to our friendship and the greatest like moments it ever. Did. But I mean, it was such a weird like the contract. I remember being a little funky, and I, I thought just, it was the contract that maybe threw you off because there is a yeah, clause in there like, that mentions it. Uh huh, and like that we would have to be doing like some crew work like ASM and that kind work. of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, "Oh my god, wait, I'm the <laughs> damn 
stage manager. <laughs> I remember thinking that. And I, was and like, I know you were prepared to stay too. You were fully going to like was. commit to the bit and you were like, let's get this show on the road. We've got I a country like, to see. I'll just be an understudy, I guess. Like I was like, I'll take the work when I can get it. <laughs> what a gift though. I mean, I know like tour is like, has its own like sinister lore and, and shit. And it was like tough for a lot of reasons, but what a true gift that we got to see the whole country pretty much together with like a group of people our age they didn't pay for like housing or like just putting up in hotels and like traveling around like being silly that was so amazing I, it was life-changing was it, it was life-changing in like obviously more ways than one but i mean it was i, I had never spent i mean i think that was some of the hardest work i've ever done for sure just day in and day out tour is tough tour is brutal. Yeah. I mean, just getting up for the 7 a.m. van call, like being <laughs> two feet on pavement at 7 a.m. Maybe I can't even I can't be conscious at 7 a.m. now. No. If I'm conscious at 7 a.m., there's an emergency. The, actually, that should have been our our phrase that I picked is just a van call because that that van is call. so scary to me. Van call. I mean, we were never late for it, though. We were always on. It was like low stakes because like worst case scenario, you just oversleep and stage management comes yeah. and wakes you up, right? Yeah. What? Except, what? <laughs> what? I was going to say, except this is just um, now we just roast Jordan. We love you, Jordan. Jordan would fly like a bat out of hell every single morning to get to fan call on time because he would wake up and you'd. Yeah, she would just, I think, and I had moments like this too, where you just like panic. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to miss it this morning. I'm going to Did you guys fully (laughs) unpack your suitcase? Because you brought a lot of like, like your own toiletries and stuff. And I feel like Cheyenne and I were kind of just like (laughs) running on whatever the hotels provided. The the plight of being a, a female, like we just had so much stuff. Yeah, we would unpack it. We would like get to our place and we had so much clothing and then it would just be like, like you'd have to wake up in the morning. Yeah, she would she would wake up a lot earlier than I did normally and just like fly out of the room. So I was always like, oh. I was like, okay, I got I got to make sure I make well, it on you, time. I feel like her suitcase would explode too. Also, wait, yeah. come a bit closer. I want to hear you more intimately. Baby. Okay, yeah. can you hear me? <laughs> I hear you, but I just I remember going into your room and Jordan and seeing Jordan's bag a lot of the time and your bag, truthfully, a lot of the time, and it just looked like you guys were really like digging through and like unpacking whereas Cheyenne and I <laughs> the extent of our unpacking was just opening the top flap to the suitcase everything yeah. else just stayed in there permanently as if it was like a dresser drawer so for that yeah. reason it made like van call super easily because I was like oh put on a hoodie grab my phone charger and I'm out the door nope we had curling irons we had <laughs> <laughs> we had everything we set up shop talk to me about the most sinister moment on stage during tour. <laughs> Wait, before we do, just you mean my mental should... breakdown? <laughs> <laughs> well, as a precursor to that, I would just talk about our very first performance real quick with you, where you went up and Sleepy Hollow was one of the narratives we were doing, and you were narrating. And you got down and you got to the end of your little monologue narration. I forgot. You were like, and all around Sleepy Hollow, these spots, whatever you're saying, there's a little breath of silence. And some kid in the front row just goes, penis. (laughs) Not even like penis, like not even yelling it out. Just under his breath, he goes, penis. Penis. 
And you lost your line. You literally I, went up because you were like. Totally went up. Totally went what, up. What did you just say in the front row to me? I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe it. Like, and then I, you know, like you just forget that that's, it was a room full of middle schoolers. It's, when and the that, children are involved, it's, it's a dark time. And how funny is that, that I was like taking my craft so seriously. I was like, I cannot believe that the word penis that just got thrown out. A theatrical experience. <laughs> By the end of that, people could have been throwing tomatoes on stage and I would have still been whipping oh, out. Halfway my through lines. tour, somebody could have been taking a piss in the middle of aisle two in the house and I would have I would have moved straight on to the next seat and wouldn't have thought twice about it. But your mental breakdown, maybe you should explain that for everybody and just set the stage for what you did on this day. Creepers. If I've just described the unusual nature of the audition. There was an even more unusual component of the show, which was children's educational theater, where I had to come out in basically full drag kabuki makeup, pretend that I was just going to come out and give a, spe- a curtain speech about how they all needed to remain silent. They put me in, like, like be well-behaved during the performance of the show, I guess I should say. And it was this long memorized monologue and i had to wear a hillary clinton pantsuit you were on the campaign trail i was on the campaign going out to speak to the democratic base (laughs) in iowa that's literally what i was seeing from the wing (laughs) and so imagine being a middle schooler and this woman comes out that's going to tell you to sit down shut up don't move and she's in a hillary clinton pantsuit and then just a winged liner out to her eye, uh, her ears, basically. Maybe it was meeting the hairline. It was from the <laughs> end of the eye to the hairline. It was and madness. Madness was so, afoot. Madness. And so that's the baseline of the cuckoo that we're going with. And then I think we were running on such little sleep. That mm-hmm. whole monologue was just so, it was just the weirdest way to start out a show as an actor. Cause you're just like, having to make a gear shift from being like basically pretending to be a teacher and come out and be like, and, I guess, and yeah, that, that dr- was kind of the position they put you in. Yeah. You're a figure and of authority. At the, the authority figure and the t- director, Pat of the show that we were in. She was like, when this you whole come episode out. could be about Pat. <laughs> this whole episode could be about Pat. Yeah. Which you do an amazing Pat impersonation. But this, I just remember she told me, you had to speak from your stomach and like, you, this is the most important part of the show because if you don't command the audience, it's going to be like off kilter the rest of the show, basically. You set the tone. And I was like, okay. And I just <laughs> think I just realized in that one performance, just how actually absurd the whole thing was. And I think I got like a momentary blip of like, this is a joke. Like you are a joke. To be perfectly honest with you, like you yourself, the audience, or all of it, all of it was a joke. All, all of it, all of it. I was like, this is you were all laughing a joke, at the simulation of it all. <laughs> I was laughing at just the farce of it, like at myself. At and I remember, I think what really tipped it was because I think we were in New York City. Actually, I think it was where this performance was. This is where the breakdown happened. Mm-hmm. I think we were in Queens. 
Oh. And I think that's oh, why wow. because because the kids were being really really just like loud and like nobody was like going to get it together and I just remember well, seeing like Yeah, that's true. There was a difference in manners. That's true. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And I just remember being like if I don't get these kids calm down like I'm like doing a disgrace to the show. It's not going to go well. And I remember just being like bitch you have eyeliner out like past your hair you have contoured your face with blush like we're in full like um like Guys, clown we're gonna show makeup. a picture of this at some point everybody. yes we will we will You're in if they full dig clown far makeup. enough i'm sure they could find it and I was acting like I was Dame Judy Dench out there, like giving a monologue. <laughs> and I, and then, so creepers, sorry, long story short, I just fully started to like lose the plot, like giving this whole monologue. I started laughing through the whole thing, which was so unprofessional. I thought I was going to get fired for real. It was more than laughing, I will say, from the POV oh, yeah. of Cheyenne and I, because we <laughs> technically would start the show right after while you're speaking, I think, right? <laughs> well, we walk it was out. So bad. But I just yeah. remember, yeah, they were really, really loud. And typically, every time that you had gone out before, you just stood, you stood, you know, center stage. Everybody would get the memo to stop, like they understood the social cue. They did not, so you just became an accent piece to like the stage for a minute. Like you might as well have blended into the proscenium. And you stood center stage, and they were really loud, roaring for a minute. And I remember you put up your finger to your mouth, like shh, but like you kept like deciding whether or not it was going to work and you yeah. were like starting to like lose panic. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you were panicking. I was like, I don't and know then, how I'm going to do this. How did it start? Do you remember what the, the not the lyrics, but what, what were the lines? Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome everybody. Or I guess it doesn't matter, but you started to, speaking. Yeah. <laughs> you started speaking <laughs> and halfway through you start like giggling and then you kept, you couldn't control it and you kept trying to stifle yeah. it so it sounded like you were crying crying because i don't know we were like talking about other stuff and then we tuned in we were like wait what the fuck is going on is she okay and you were up there and you were like please make sure in the event of an emergency that you talk and you were like shaking too and i we were looking out there and i was like do you think she's okay? I literally turned to Cheyenne. You can ask him. And I was like, do you think Laura, uh, uh, I can't say Laura. I was like, do you think stage management is going to stop the show? I, th- I really oh thought my God. they would stop the show to like reset. Cause it seemed like something was going on with you oh and you were God. like losing the plot. But That's then so you just kept going. Sad. <laughs> it was so sad. I thought they were going to stop the show. I was like, maybe she just hasn't had enough sleep or like something's wrong. But you were like crying, laughing, which is the scariest thing to see on stage. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I think it shut them up. <laughs> if something worked. They were I think scared. all the kids were like, what's happening with this? It, theatrically, it was compelling. And I think it's because the adults had concern <laughs> and they sensed that. So theatrically, they were like, is this a piece? They were like, is this a bit? Are you doing a bit? I'll chalk it but, up to my acting choices. It was you made a choice. You certainly I made, made a, a choice. choice up there. And what we saw was inherent conflict. And that's really where drama is born, you know? <laughs> I, and you kept I, going you know, too. You kept speaking. You never stopped. I you know what? I think I started to really then I was definitely panic, panic, panic. And then I think I started to panic that I was gonna get fired because I was being so unprofessional by giggling. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like this weird creepers. I swear to God, it's definitely the closest 
It's, it was a mental breakdown for sure. Like I was just but like in front of like a thousand in the audience. Like it was a big crowd. <laughs> Do you think they talk about no that words. to this day? Do you think that like no. any of the kids in that audience mentioned, remember that weird ass field trip where that woman like cracked up on stage? I hope to God somebody does, but I swear they probably went right back to saying, penis in class the next day they couldn't <laughs> be bothered but we've also talked about the possibility that it's very possible some of the kids that like were in the audience when they were young and like saw us yeah. perform it's possible they could have come full circle and now listen to the podcast well, and I may not do- even know they may not know that we're the same do- people oh my god that would isn't that crazy if there's a creeper that was in queens at this performance we we're need gonna to know we're have to canvas I <laughs> or speaking of tour, if we go to another sinister blip of that tour, mm, I was gonna say, what is your most sinister blip? I mean, outside of my own issue of like when I tried to basically speak the opening monologue <laughs> myself instead of letting the voiceover do it while the when house stage lights management were fully lit, did, did stop the show. <laughs> stage, yeah, the one time stage management did stop the show, despite us being prepared to carry on. But I know. I do wonder what would have happened. I, like, would we have just moved on to like the next sound cue and like, because the lighting plot still could have run, right? I mean, why did did they just? I don't. She couldn't I guess. find. I up in like the stage management booth. She could not find the way to get the house lights off. I remember that. So, and she yeah. was like panicking because she the sound cue had definitely started like it was i was definitely supposed to come out and sit down remember of course yeah i and i just remember thinking oh my god wait did i do the whole thing no 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 no. was this because i walk cheyenne out and then we do the eye right the the evil eye is the like telltale heart is the first thing yeah. or is it the opposite uh-huh. maybe i'm confused no, so y'all did Telltale Heart first, and then you would do The Raven. Oh, now they're going to know exactly what show this is. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, shit. But that's crazy. So we were that far into the show, and like we the house lights in. just never went out. Oh, I remembered it differently, where I thought this was like my entrance. And like I just waited for 30 seconds and then got impatient. I Okay, so that's why I perceived that it was like too Wait, late. wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Am I getting this wrong? I'm just trying to think of how long Cheyenne was in that bed because that'll make the difference. For some reason, well, I'm remembering he had to be there for a long time. Oh, you know what it is? Okay, I'm remembering it now. I walk Cheyenne out, put him in the bed, and then I walk myself over to that damn bench and pick up the book. And then, then it starts the voiceover because it goes once for the Raven. on a midnight dreary. Yes, yes. that's right. That's the right. The Raven that's sequence right. happens. I get all the way to then the it's door. telltale. And then I have the lantern. Oh, God, I ate that shit up for a minute. I did. I, I felt it. <laughs> you were so you were so good. Oh, my God. I don't know that I was good, but, like, I was feeling it. I was like, you I were good. <laughs> I remember Tom, Tommy and I being behind the little thing where we were waiting and me going, oh, my God, I think he's really going to do the whole thing. And Tommy was like, do you think he has it memorized? I was like, knowing him, yeah, I think he does have it memorized. And I was, I remember both of us sitting back there, and we were just like basically like rooting for you to remember the whole thing. I was absolutely amazed that you, you got really far. 
I would have kept going too. I didn't know it. I know. I didn't have it memorized. I literally started and I was like, bitch, you don't know this. But, but you're going to run on like what you've you did. Heard. Yeah. It seemed like you did. <sighs> yeah. Cause it's always a fun thing to like know that you might have to improv something that's classic literature in front of a thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least a lot of it rhymed. So you could just kind of keep saying words that sound like or more. It was an improv exercise, truly. But basically, yes. I had started speaking what was supposed to be a voiceover. And then we had ASM or Monica, I guess, in the wings who was like whispering stop, which you remember. Of course. <laughs> stop. Just kept going. She was like, stop. 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 And then she got really firm and basically came out on stage because she goes, stop. Like just yells. <laughs> and that was my cue where I was like, the illusion is broken. I must leave the stage with grace. And I was furious. I remember. Oh, God. I was in my actor shit. And I was like, this isn't the way it goes. Mm -mm. I love how your version of being in your actor shit versus mine is uh, quite different. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, I'm a real actor. And I was just like, I'm going to have a full on unhinged breakdown on stage in front of a thousand people. (laughs) Okay. But who was more theatrically successful? Because I would argue it's you. You created inherent drama on stage through that. That's, oh, yeah. I made, I made people wonder. You kept them on their toes. They were unpredictable up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what people like to watch. You were unpredictable. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most sinister Uh moments I can remember was our second performance ever. The shit show that that was in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So many things went wrong that it's difficult to really simmer it down to just a few. But for one, our actual set did not fit inside the space. So clearly whoever had booked us in this venue did not actually scope out, can this stage accommodate the dimensions of the set? So we basically did the whole show, our second time ever doing it in front of people, what, on like four platforms? Like barely, yeah. We just we just had the platforms. We the, like the proscenium could not be built or anything. So I, I don't know. Did we like butted up against a curtain and then the curtain became like yes. our French doors? Yes. Hackery is too <laughs> dim a word. <laughs> and you know what? We were so taken aback because remember our first, our like our first show we did was actually in a really beautiful theater. I remember And that. we had stage crew. We had stage mm-hmm. crew who were helping us. We were like, oh, this is going to be fabulous. Yeah, we were like, this is wonderful. <laughs> and then it was like, we got to the second place and it was like doing a school play in your basement. Like It was, it, it was middle school cafeteria style. Like yes, It was like a yes. rough and tough spot. But not only did the, the actual set not fit, but shall we talk about when you skipped six pages of dialogue? <laughs> For what is arguably the my career, if I ever go back, absolutely, I'm planting planting the seed now. Second, you know how they say never leave your fellow actors hanging. That certainly went out the window when Stu decided to skip six pages of a scene that was already the fastest sequence of the entire show, and is supposed to cover that dialogue is supposed to cover several costume changes. I will never forget that moment. I will tell you, Parson Walker and his wife. (laughs) <laughs> the pan that was real theatrical <gasps> drama that was conflict on stage i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and also creepers 
the funniest part about this is we come off stage and I don't think anything's wrong. I'm like, what's everybody freaking out about? Nick, <laughs> Stu, you literally blamed other people. You, <laughs> I don't mean to throw you. <laughs> You're literally you liter- coming for me. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry. But you went, yeah, that was weird out there. Did somebody drop a line? Like, what, what happened, you guys? <laughs> like, totally deflected. And I, everyone's I, like, I, I didn't deflect. I didn't know. I literally didn't know. I mean, I wonder how, how do you think it landed for everybody in the audience? Do you think they could really tell? There was definitely a gap of, there was a breath where like stuff wasn't happening on stage and we were waiting for Cheyenne and Jordan to like come Y'all in. were so fast. I mean, listen, that you guys came out so fast. Like I, that's why I didn't I was on, know. I was already so on was stage like, with you. Wow, was that was stage. seamless. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, it I, was the Jordan with the little thing in her hair and then Parson Walker and his cigar. wife. Yeah. And she yeah. came on half her costume on. Cheyenne had no... I don't, Cheyenne had like nothing. And she just came out. I remember she just ran out there and just went <laughs> like a little Betty Boop noise. Ooh. They were, they were pro about it. Oh my God. Where was Tommy and all that? Oh, Tommy was already the frog. He was fine. <laughs> Putting on some <laughs> damn frog feet. Please don't remind me. That was second. Can you imagine? That, what? No, I was just going to say, can you imagine being a listener right now trying to piece together what this show was? This is <laughs> like listening to two Alzheimer's patients try to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I can relay this podcast to. <laughs> two oh lobotomized God. patients sitting lobotomized. together. <laughs> lobotomized. This, They're sitting together oh talking God. about a memory that didn't exist. <laughs> like, Creepers. Although that wasn't the worst part of it, though, if you remember one more thing about that oh. show. Yeah. Because the Headless Horseman, we couldn't get him off stage. <laughs> so at the end of Sleepy Hollow, where there's this, it's supposed to be the big Headless Horseman and like the crash of like lightning, the lighting cue, the lights just dimmed back up because that was the end of the lighting plot before intermission. Tommy was still on stage. He was still fully on stage as the Headless Horseman. And we, we, I ran out the, you don't remember this? We had to guide him off because he didn't know where he was because it was such a weird Oh, I do. I, yes, I do remember of the that. Set. Yes. Oh, God. Poor Bubba. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, snorted, I just snorted. Creepers, creepers. I, I have to put them out of their misery so they're not going, what the hell was the show? The show was basically five shows in one. It was like five little mini shows yeah. in one. Think like an adaptation of five stories from classic literature, Sleepy Hollow, yes. The Raven we mentioned. Yeah, squished together into one two, it was a long ass show, two hour sequence. Yeah, it was long. That's why there was the Headless Horseman and a damn frog all in the same show. <laughs> it's amazing that we came out of that without some mental scars. I guess, can't speak too soon, had but like. I- <laughs> It was just psychotic. I mean, we were we were the traveling circus is what it felt like at times. Yeah. We were just going out there and didn't know what was going to happen. Every single day, there was something, whether it was a wig flying off, a candelabra smashing on the stage, like every day was just a war zone. <laughs> and you're in a new city. So <laughs> hopefully, if we have future touring experiences, we can oh actually reframe what our memories of tour were. And it can be a positive and a ri- enriching adult a experience. Slate. A oh clean slate. I what? also remember what what were we gonna say? No, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you if you remember a performance or a theater that you felt like you lo- like loved out of our tour. 
Oh, my favorite was in Memphis. That was the most beautiful yes, theater. Same here. I mean, same it was here. incredible. God, that was I mean, beautiful. just I had just never been on a stage to some of those houses were like one, two thousand people. Like just that performing in front of two thousand bodies was yeah. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Commanding the room. Did you ever get nervous? Did you ever get like freaked out before a run? Probably the probably the one right after when I screwed up and I had skipped six pages. I remember being like, oh my God, how did I do that? I was so shocked that Well, you had a lot of like thingamabobs you were dealing with too. You had a I lot had, of props. Oh, that's to right. Yeah. I forgot about that. But yeah, I remember being like, oh my God, I cannot forget <laughs> that dialogue this time. But I don't remember that, being actually that would be scary to nervous. drop a line because that show is so like time specific to certain things that like did we did anybody drop a line and like we had to have somebody else like dig us out of it? I'm trying to remember. I would get very nervous before Telltale Heart every single day. Like Really? Why? Because for the first like 10 minutes of the show, I'm just basically alone on stage running that shit. That's scary. Yeah. Like Yeah. And I was so scared. First of all, we had what, 2 weeks of rehearsal for this thing. I was petrified that i was going to lose my place and literally forget like where i like forget how to get back on track and like have to figure out because there's a certain sequence of like things i had to get like i had to get the the rag and like lift the hatch and like the lantern like there's a whole thing that has to happen oh the meat cleaver yeah yeah yeah. i i was just so scared every day that i was like you're gonna mess up something's gonna go wrong well you you were so good at it and I remember. I I know that sounded like a a fishing setup, but I wasn't. I was like, you were truthfully. Oh no, you were so so good. Um, The and Pat came to one of the shows. You remember that? I don't. She came uh, to one of our shows and she was backstage and she went. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. Oh my god! Like we had gravely disappointed her. Oh yeah, because they would kind of. I think that she would sneak and see. Did she come kind of halfway through the run or like we were near yeah, Austin? Literally. Yeah. She was like, she was close she enough. She wanted to see how like, bad it had devolved. Yeah. Well, technically, I mean, that's stage management's job to like maintain the integrity of the show. Right. But yeah. They yeah. just sent Pat and she was like, what a group of failures. Well, that's failures. what happens when the direction is like, you are not to, you know, get out of this line reading. Basically everything was like line read. She says a bunch of blown out bitches. Bunch of hacks. A bunch of hacks. What was your favorite performance if you had one? <laughs> or favorite city that we got to stop in? I actually quite loved the um performance we did in even though the damn uh candle opera shattered or whatever. Uh, though I think we were in Texas. It was whenever Jordan's family that was nearby they came um, oh. to the show. I don't know if you remember that, but I think it was in Texas because she had family there, and I remember that show being like really tight. Other than that, like I remember us just having a blast during that specific <laughs> show, and I also remember you wearing, um, I guess after the <laughs> show when we were breaking down, you putting on the um. Madam, what's your face's costume? Forestier. M- Madame Forestier. Madame- yes, Madame Forestier. 
And you put on the costume and you did the whole thing. And I was like crying, laughing. I remember us just goofing off. I remember being like, this is really fun. It was. And you could tell too, when like everybody had a good show and like, it just felt right. You yeah. could tell when it felt good. Minus the candelabra, which you know what? You're making me remember it now. I was so mad that that happened because I remembered being like, God, that was such a good show. And then it yeah. felt like so ruined because we just like fucked up the candelabra thing. Yeah. I don't it even was, know what caused that to this day. I don't know what happened. I don't Creepers, either. two candelabras shattered on stage mid-scene. Oh, my God. And then we had to keep one of the actors specifically had a lot of, like, physical running around and literally jumping rolling, around. Rolling around. Rolling in glass. I grabbed him. trying to avoid grabbed it. Him. He tried. He was, he was about to roll back because I don't think he even... I, I don't think he knew where the glass was, but it was yeah. all over center stage. That's really when they sh- should have stopped the show. <laughs> they should have it's actually crazy they stopped didn't. the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, stage management, she she was like, you were so close to the end. And like, yeah. Frog is like, what, like a seven minute sequence? It's so fast. I almost blacked out during Frog one time. Do you remember that? I remember. Was it? Uh... We were in Montrose. Montrose, high elevation oh, in Colorado. Yes, 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 yes. We had oh that conversation God. with the company where they were like, just so you know, like take your time on stage because things are going to feel a lot harder. And I fully, when we were in the middle of frog, everything, I'm not joking, started going dark. Aww. And I thought to myself, you might have to like sit down because yeah. if not, you're just going to like face plant. Actually black out. And we were so close to the end. Like we were literally at the <sighs> finish line of the damn show. <laughs> Do you know that happened to me? Sorry to pivot. That did almost happen to me out? one time. Almost blacked out on stage. Not on this tour. I but, was like, was um, it the curtain speech? <laughs> no. that I should have blacked out. Put me out of my misery. Um, we all blacked there, out, baby. <laughs> we we I, disassociated. <laughs> I will never forget this. I was doing Annie Warbucks. It was a like a community theater production of it. And Not Annie. Not Annie, Annie Warbucks. Annie Warbucks, the sequel. And Oh God. <laughs> you said <laughs> and with that. And, <laughs> and I remember standing there doing the last number. And I was in, I think like seventh grade. And were you Annie? No, I was there's a character that's um she's like kind of the supporting character, but basically Annie runs away. And oh. she goes and finds this family that lives in like, I guess they're supposed to be like, maybe like, I actually don't remember where they are, but they live, they're like poor, like live in some like little shack par. or something. They're par mm-hmm. and they're they par. live in some shack, but they have a, a daughter named Seiji and Seiji and Annie become like best friends and like whatever. <sighs> and it's, it's very sweet. Um, So I was Seiji and I remember the woman playing my mom. I was standing there, we were doing the final number. And I started to wobble back and she looked at me and she was like, are you about to pass out? And I was like, I think something's wrong. I think I'm going to be sick. And I (gasps) literally remember like going like this. And I think I just, my knees had locked or something and I Mm -hmm. just hadn't been feeling good. And I remember that woman just kind of like tapping me and like making sure that I wouldn't like, it was so weird. I remember I went backstage, had to put my like head between my knees. Like everybody was like, oh my God, God, are you going to pass out? The drama. (laughs) <laughs> no, but it's scary when people are about to pass it out. Is. Oh my god! Yeah. Could you imagine if you had actually fallen backwards on stage? What a strange and surreal <sighs> experience that would be. 
What did I? Oh my god! I was gonna say, what did that just make me think of? It made me think of um. Remember in America's Next Top Model, there was a model season four. I just watched straight back. Like a plane. She had a seizure. She had a seizure. Isn't that crazy? That is so nuts. I saw my sister. My sister doesn't get seizures, but I saw her. My sister gets head rush a lot. Oh, like she stands up and all of a sudden. Stands up and like everything goes black. And like a lot she gets that or she used to get that. But in college, I'll never forget. I was home and my brother was like in the kitchen and she literally stood up. And she was doing that thing where she's like, oh, I'm getting head rush, which we kind of treat like a joke. But then she literally fell straight back to the floor like America's Next Top Model. And her head went into the lazy Susan, like into the cabinet. And I will never forget my bro. Oh, my God. Because I can tell when my brother gets serious, too. And he was like, Mel, Mel. And he was freaking out. We were. I already had my phone out to call 911. But she, like, came to immediately. Because, like, once she fell into that, she was, like, like halfway in, halfway out, like, of consciousness. So she was trying to, like, jolt and, like, get her balance. So it looked like she was having a seizure. And we were like, something is wrong. But it turns out she was just dehydrated. Well, my brother does have seizures. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. You're like, well, I bitch, just... <laughs> some of us do have siblings who have seizures. <laughs> no. So chomp just... on that one, you <laughs> blown out hag. That's what you said. <laughs> the, <laughs> the dark <laughs> comedy. <laughs> oh, my God. You oh. are blown out. Oh, my God. I'll never get over that. You, <laughs> you are, are blown, blown out. out. Do you think that's something Madam Ham says or hears? I don't even think she has to say it. <laughs> I think she already, she already, she just, she can look at you and she tell you she you're gives, blown out. Without saying a word. She without goes, Baby, saying a word. so blown out. It's just, <laughs> like, aggressively I'm sure blown out. Madam Ham says, I'm going <laughs> to blow you out. If we had to bookend this with one final story or memory from tour, mm. what would you like to pass off? You must know. Do I? It's got to be the stash for me. Oh, yes. That's like the most fun I've ever had on stage. Truly, truly. Now that was classic, like unprofessionalism at its finest. But it was true. You know what? I've never been in a situation, I don't know if you have, where you can't stop laughing. Yeah. I, I mean, was, that was incapable of stifling myself. So was I. I do it. I, I, I literally couldn't. Creepers. <laughs> Silas had to wear a very, very nice mustache, I might add. Like a very well-made mustache. Indeed. And um, it when you're doing these shows you're obviously like sweating so much like under the lights and everything and yeah we have this glue that's supposed to keep it in place and spirit gum spirit gum that's what it is yeah which and the system is dry it off put alcohol on to really dry it and then put the spirit gum on that's how you make prosthetic hair stick and baby <laughs> it did not stick it did not stick at this one i have a sweaty ass upper lip i can't control that i don't blame you i well that and then there was the nose that Cheyenne had to wear that came off. That's <laughs> that was a, that was absurd. That was the freak show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, 
wait, maybe we tell that. <laughs> I don't remember what really happened. I just remember it was during the Sleepy Hollow sequence, and he had a prosthetic nose. It was huge. That sucker popped right off, and then he decided, like any good actor, to just use it. But not in the way I would have suspected. I actually don't know how you bounce back from that, to be honest. So hats off to him for just saying, you know what? Fuck all of this. And just acknowledging it. He took the nose, and his last line that he yelled was, No! He's supposed to say, Not my head! And he said, (laughs) holding his prosthetic nose, No! Not my nose! Cue crash of thunder and lightning. Tommy waddles off. (laughs) Do you know what we did? Do you know what we were a part of, Stu? I'm crying right now because I just think it's so funny that... Baby, that was the Barnum and Bailey (laughs) Ringling Brothers circus on the road. That's what we were a part of. Crying that Cheyenne did that. Like to say no. (laughs) Not my my nose. (laughs) Crash of thunder and lightning. What game? What game are we playing here? Like, what is this? I can't believe he did that. Like, actually thinking about because at the time (laughs) we just couldn't process it really because that was the very beginning of the show and you just had to keep keep going and there was so many so many moving parts happening and we were playing so many different characters. That is absurd to think about in real time, like as an audience member being like, did he just (laughs) say his damn nose? (laughs) Maybe. And what immediately follows that part of the show? It's your ass walking out there with a little pumpkin, pumpkin, with a fucking pumpkin, and you sit, (laughs) like stage right or something, and you're just like, and so, the hot eye, it's, all that was left was a pumpkin. (laughs) And you spin that shit around for zero reaction 100% of the time. I will never, I will never understand a bit that like so clearly didn't work, never worked. Never landed. Was never like giving the effect they thought it was, and they were like, "But we can't cut it ever." Oh god! That whole show. Do you realize? Actually, it was more of a dance than it was anything else. We were literally. It was choreography. It was all choreographed. Choreography. Absolutely. We didn't really get to interpret any of it. I had my moments. Yeah, we found my moments. We we tried. I didn't find shit. I didn't find shit. Yeah. What was your least favorite part? of our show on tour that you hated doing every time aside from the curtain speech was that really the worst for you i i really just didn't i mean it just felt so like you know what annoyed (laughs) me about it i was like the whole illusion i feel like is like it was just so out of place to me i'm like this would be Mm -hmm. way better served over like a recording like then they'd be like well the show is starting this yeah. random I mean, woman would, coming out in a pantsuit is not commanding the stage. <laughs> like, they're not going to pick any of that up. Baby, you held my attention. That's all I'll say. <laughs> we were enthralled with you. I I don't know if I hated this moment or loved this moment, but doing the telltale heart and doing the part where you get to, there's I, that part, looking oh, down. Right. And seeing shit <laughs> every time. Ah! <laughs> he was he was trying to give me something to work with. But baby, if I could like, <laughs> if I could 
<laughs> what he did. I would look down and go, <laughs> but still, his eye, I look down, it's just this. <laughs> and he's serious. He was serious. Like, he wasn't, like, trying to make me laugh. He was trying to give me something. But every time, do you know what it took to not laugh? Just seeing, because he had the big fucking nose on, too. <laughs> the, the, the giant prosthetic nose. And he's just going. I, do you it's realize amazing why I, I could get breakdown? anywhere. Do you understand now? There I was, was a there moment, <laughs> this moment we're having about how absurd everything actually was. I had it in real time. I had it in real time and realized, oh, I actually have to do it all right now, too. Like, I'm at square <laughs> one. Like, get it together. <laughs> it's just, it was like... Oh, it was overwhelming in so many ways. It was like somehow a slap in the face of like everything we had trained for. Yes. But also like, we're like, is this the dream? Are we living the dream? And yes. This is the dream. (laughs) Everybody that like in my family that saw it was like, wow, that's actually really good. (laughs) Oh, listen, I thought what we were given, what we did with it. I thought we did a kick-ass show. I did. Uh, I do too. I mean, listen, we had like, what, four blocks of wood and a lighting plot. We mm-hmm. made some magic happen every day. As my, I, my goal was said, just to keep their attention. You know, I just wanted to yes. keep everybody's attention. Uh, well, listen, for kids, I think they were like, they thought it was so cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, their barometer for like good acting. We didn't have to do much work. We're like, no. We just speak loudly and fast. They'll think it's great. Right. But, you know, like... I have to give it to that theater company. I mean, they know the formula. They know that what it does works for the audience, (laughs) for the actors. They're like, just do it. (laughs) If I was running such a company, it would be run a little different. That's true. Yeah. But when your family came, I remember actively thinking, I was like, this is so stupid, but I was like, I really want to do a good job for Stu's family. Cause like anyone's family who came to visit and I like really tried to like sell it through hard that day. I was like, this is going to be one of my strongest telltale performances. Oh my god! So they, well, stupid. It's stuck <laughs> with them. My god, they literally talk. They, I remember my dad saying to me, "He's really going to be somebody." Like, and my parents are pretty like they're tough cookies sometimes. And I remember my That's dad so, saying that, that about you, so and much. I was like, "And maybe he was right." Well, to say that from a children's performance. Thank you. May I just say, thank you. <laughs> and they, they loved your speaking voice. I remember they, they were like raving about your speaking oh voice. Oh my God. Let's talk about that for a second. The other thing, yeah. no mics. No mics. Oh my God. Yeah, Bitch, no mics. Was that, was that the first, I? that was the first time I had ever done a show and I didn't have a mic. And those were the largest audiences I've ever been in front of. Two, the, one of our theaters, two, sat 2,700 people. And it was filled. It was in Philadelphia, I think. I remember it. I have pictures of it. And we filled that space without mics. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. We were like 22, 23, and they were like, you can handle this, right? I should, I'm going to write a book. Wait, can we up the ante even more? Creepers. Mm. Not only were there, there were no like actual, understudies but the crew they were our understudies 
which I didn't realize is common in some shows because Scott just got oh, off really? of the Oklahoma tour. Well, they, yeah, they, there's someone who's an ASM who is also an understudy in, in his company. Actually, several people in that company. So I guess it must be a new thing that they can introduce into like equity contracts that like, if you're like a, a like an alternate or something that they can have you do some ASM work. They start two wow, totally okay. different fields. Yeah. And that's an equity tour. Like that was a union tour. Well, that's, I stand corrected then. Well, I think in this case, it was more about we're not paying somebody as an understudy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, so if you or Jordan were sick, who was, was Monica going to go on for you? I think Laura. Really? Yes. But, or was and it And then Betsy? Monica would be, oh, it was Betsy. Yeah, it was Betsy. It was Betsy. Yeah, 100%. But before there was Betsy, it would have been Monica. Or no, I guess it would have been Laura. Nathaniel, right. I guess. Well, Nathaniel would go was on it for, for the men. guys. Yeah, yeah. He almost went on for me. Remember that? Oh, I do remember that. That would we should have done that honestly because that would have oh been crazy. He would have shit a brick going into Telltale Heart. <laughs> Best of luck, Shion's eye, baby. the nose i can't with the nose oh my god (laughs) it was unwavering it was on like like he wouldn't even move it and like go like like he wouldn't like wink or like do anything he would just be like because he thought he was giving me what i needed and he was he was he was giving you his big blue eyes he has such pretty eyes. Those big baby blues. He does. He has gorgeous mm-hmm. eyes. Shayana, if you're listening, that ah baby, that one fucked me up every day. <laughs> every day on that tour. <laughs> oh I feel like we God. could keep talking about this show for it. Like, truly, there is so much lore. It's amazing we even talked about tour and didn't once even mention the truck element of tour. That's how sinister tour is. We could have t- done this whole thing talking about a truck pack. <sighs> how about... This is the only thing I'll say. Clearances. Have I sent you the pictures from the other tour that went like years after us and did that tour? And they did not make one of those clearances. They sheared Sheared the freaking top off the truck. Sheared the truck. The telltale heart set in the middle of the freeway. (laughs) Madame Forestier. (laughs) Her costume, her wig, sitting in the middle of the highway. And they certainly did pick it up and salvaged it. That's actually where the term wig comes from. It's <laughs> from that. Shearing the top of a truck. Wig. <laughs> Wigs go full. Of all the things for like a truck accident like that where you don't make clearance to like, I don't know, like explode out of a truck. Wigs would not be like my first guess. But that surely is what happened. Oh my God. That's crazy. But that's what you get. Honestly. Sorry. That's what you get when you you make people... Kids who have not driven semis do it. The the thank God Betsy said something to us when we got to New York, or else we would have done the same thing. We would have done the exact same thing. I did do that. I literally got onto a parkway and had to have New York City residents back my ass out of the parkway entrance. 
you remember this? Wait, wait, wait. Yes, I do remember this because this is when it you this, literally were like, my, I'm going to go. I had my breakdown. Oh, yeah. I was I yeah. was about to abandon you guys. And I was about to send a group text and yeah. be like, it's been a wonderful experience. Oh, thank you. God. But I was with Monica. Thank God for her. She's. I was so stressed, but I got onto a parkway and then second guessed myself. I was like, I don't think I can go on here. Can you look this up? Confirmed I couldn't. And I had to back the truck up off the ramp back it up and i had like 15 people out in the snow helping me finally back it up after all that stress i had to do like a 15 point k turn i get onto that one-way street in this damn truck i'm stuck on the street because it's too narrow it's too narrow i could have walked i could have walked that day. <laughs> i I, I didn't you tell me that you like texted some friends and you were like I might have to stay with you guys tonight. Oh, Scott, I texted Scott. I said, "Baby, yeah. you're you're up on like 119th." I said, "I'm going to be there in like maybe an hour, I think. Um I'm going to have a suitcase with me, so it's going to be a really rough night." I was about to walk and abandon that truck. Because it wasn't even just like the panic of like, "Oh my god, this truck is stuck on the street." There was a line of 20 plus angry New Yorkers stuck behind me on this one way that I had now effectively blocked with a semi truck that I have no way to actually move. And they were all getting out of their cars, dead of winter, banging on the door, banging on the window, yelling at me, telling me I'm a piece of shit. I'm an asshole, like quintessential New Yorkers. It might as well yeah. have been a row of 50 Fran Lebowitz all coming up and telling me I'm worthless. <laughs> I told Monica, oh, I said, I can't do God. it. I can't do it. I said, I'm, I'm going to have a breakdown. Yeah, and she just yeah. kept me so cool. She was like, "We got this." She was my guardian angel. <laughs> oh, God, thank God she was on there with us. Oh my God, I know. We should retitle this episode, Monica. <laughs> Ode we to really Monica. should. <laughs> we really should. Oh my God, I hope she's well. I wonder where she is. What if Kalamazoo. she's back in Michigan? Is she in she's Kalamazoo? Back in Kalamazoo. Okay. Oh well. Baby, we have gone on for almost an hour talking about tour. I know we could spend an eternity discussing the sinister nature of it. Holy crap, did we really? Oh my god. Yes. (laughs) And it feels like we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. And you know what? We miraculously stayed pretty on topic for all of tour. Interesting. (laughs) Any any creepers who are psychologists, feel free to weigh in on your theories of this. (laughs) We'll catch you on the next one. But for now, Stu and I will say... Make it quick. Make it quick. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, creepers. <laughs>